Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus welcome into another episode of sec football and beyond i'm neil mccready chris landry with me today as always hope you're having a um, great end of your week hope you're uh, safe out there you're starting to travel around and that kind of thing as hopefully we start to uh, thaw out a little bit after a week of ice and snow. Still uh, plenty of ice and snow on the ground here in North Mississippi, so I suspect for many of you listening, it's the same way. So be careful out there. Thanks for being with us today. It is Friday, February the 19th. We've got a number of things to talk about. We're going to actually talk a little bit of basketball at some point in uh, the next 50 minutes to an hour. And so um, but we talked about a, a number of uh, other things. Carson Wentz. Uh, Dylan Brooks, some uh, recruiting rankings, some things like that. So um, that's what you're in store for here for the next hour or so. Chris, how are you? I'm doing good. I mentioned it yesterday on one of my other shows. Um, I don't know if they're listening and got more important things going on now, but thoughts and prayers to everybody, uh, Texas and beyond any other that's dealing with an awful Arctic situation with lack of power. I've talked to a uh, couple of people and text a few others from the Texas area, Houston, Dallas. Yesterday, everybody that I contacted that had power back, and apparently things are getting better. But it's been on my mind and thoughts and prayers to everybody that's going through that. I can't think of many things worse than not having power when I hear people burning furniture to stay. He, it just – um it's heartbreaking in what's been a tough year. Anyway, I just, I wanted to say that, that um, we're thinking about all of you out there. Be safe. I know in certain parts, it may be cold again this weekend and all that kind of stuff. So historically, um, historically cold temperatures throughout the, yeah. uh, throughout the South. I, I've lived here for 13 years and I can't remember it ever getting down to three degrees. Um, and it got down to, it got down to three degrees. We got, uh, I would guess an inch and a half to two inches of ice early in the week. And then it snowed on uh, Wednesday, probably snowed more than I thought it did. Uh, and then it actually snowed another inch, maybe inch and a half yesterday before it all got out of here. So it's, uh, it's beautiful out. We got lucky because we got the snow, the people that got the freezing rain. That's the stuff that snaps trees in half. That's the stuff that snaps power lines and Things like that, and then the uh, the historically cold temperatures. Just a lot of the plumbing in the South that was done. I think it's pre two thousand ten. I think is the date, uh, which is a lot of plumbing in, in the South. Um, it's just not equipped. Not it's not specified for those those temperatures, and so uh, people don't 
I don't mean this critically of the people that don't do it, but they don't keep the water running. They don't uh, cover the outside faucets. They don't insulate a little bit. And um, once the pipes freeze, it's Katie bar the door. And and once uh, once the pipes bust, it's a it's a total disaster. And that's happened. And then obviously power's out, and it's difficult to restore power. And especially while the storm is still going on. And and um, yeah, it's been a it's been a tough week and people you know there's it's 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 amazing to me sometimes to watch the national media get so critical of of the south on this i mean you know it's difficult to justify being ultra prepared in a in southern municipalities for a storm that comes at most once every 12 years i mean it's it's a i, I don't really understand that that criticism when it comes but it is what it is, and we 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 live in a very divided world, and everybody is criticizing if you're red state, blue state, whatever. So there's there's but I've watched a lot of that over the course of this week, and it's kind of mind boggling, quite frankly. Yeah, n- not a do it yourself network show, and I certainly wouldn't be the one that would be hosting it if it were. But I don't know if this helps, but I always did this that <laughs> on people not covering pipes is, of course, I tend to overdo things, you know. You know me, people <laughs> tend to be anal on making sure everything is done. So the first sign of cold weather, I'm in South Louisiana. So first sign of cold weather, I do the insulated sock. You get those at Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever. And then I, then I put that bulb, that that thing that looks like on top of that, which I think, I think you're kind of supposed to do one or the other. I do both. Um, and I put that on and I pick up all the hoses, you know, the hoses on each side of the house. And I leave it that way until, you know, now those of you that like, cause I, I'm not going to hose or do the things I do in the summer or the spring um, that I do in the, I don't do those in the winter. So it's a good tip, you know, but those that like to use their faucets, ah, like, I don't want to take it on and off, but it's one way to, um, to just, Hey, just make sure. And if you want to leave the running water, but yeah, do whatever you can. I know uh, some of that was, unavoidable and then now the back uh, the backlog of plumbers and can't get to all the people and all anyway just uh I, yeah i sit there and worry a lot about people that are homeless and what do we do with them hope they have places just this things like that bother me. but anyway we don't want to get people down here we want your thoughts and questions today is uh what are you doing right now folks are you going to be watching college football this weekend it, or can you watch it in fact i don't even know i've got some on the satellite, but I don't know how how much how prevalent it is as there are college football games uh, aplenty uh, in the Division One AA level. Uh, or you are you more out there watching college basketball at this time? And I'd be curious what our fans think. I know what I will be doing, but that's not necessarily indicative. So a lot to get to today. I know. Also, uh, college baseball starting this weekend in a lot of different places. I know there's a Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas are in a Big, uh, SEC Big 12 event in Arlington. I think it's Texas, Texas Tech, and TCU are the uh, the Big 12 teams there. So it's kind of a round robin over the next three days. They're traveling today. It was supposed to start today. It got backed up till tomorrow. I know LSU was, I think, hoping to play Air Force this weekend. I think it was a matter of whether Air Force could get down there. So uh, there's probably going to be a lot of travel and then COVID-type stuff with um, – with baseball, but that's getting started this week. And I know there are a lot of people out there that um, college baseball is their second favorite sport. There's a lot of that. I mean, I certainly am at a place where college baseball is huge, and you are too. So 
Uh, that gets started this weekend. We can talk about that later on in the spring as the season gets going. It's I would I could not even begin to have an informed conversation about college baseball right now. Just couldn't would it would be impossible. Other than to talk about a couple of pitchers on Vanderbilt staff who I hope end up wearing cub blue pinstripes one day. That's about <laughs> um agenda there. I'll start here with I don't have a whole lot of things, but I'm pro- I have a problem with something that Josh Heupel's doing at Tennessee. Um they they released Dylan Brooks from his NLI. He he wanted out. It's not this is not the staff that he committed to. This is not the staff that recruited him. He asked out and they let him out. Four-star defensive end from uh, Roanoke, Alabama, Handley High School. But they let him out with a stipulation. He's a kid who was a ranked 125th in the country by rivals.com. Had 24 offers according to rivals.com. Um Alabama, Arizona State, Arkansas, Auburn, they all offered. I'm just going in alphabetical order. And the point is, this is a six foot five, two hundred and fifty-five pound kid who could have gone to a lot of places. He chose Tennessee. He committed to Jeremy Pruitt and that staff. They're not there anymore. Josh Heupel's there, and that's not who he committed to. And he asked out, they let him out. But they let him out with a stipulation that, well, you can you can get out, but you can't. We'll only let you out if we'll only let you out if you don't you, on the condition that you can't sign with another SEC school. And I got to tell you, that really bugs me. It really bugs me because Josh Heupel and his his Josh Heupel and his representation would never agree to a clause in a contract that says, "Okay, well, you can leave Tennessee." down the road, but you can't leave for another SEC school. No coach would agree to that stipulation. Why should a kid have to do that? It drives me, it drives me crazy that that and I don't know anything about this kid. I don't have no idea where he's headed. I don't I've 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 never talked to him. I've never followed his recruiting. I, I didn't know much about him prior to today. But it's ridiculous to me that Dylan Brooks can't say, you know what? I'm going to transfer to, in this case, Alabama, Auburn, um, any any other SEC school. He even wants to go to South Carolina, Vanderbilt. I don't care wherever Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas offered. I'm just looking at his offer sheet. I'm not. I'm not picking favorites here. He had offers from. Here's the SEC schools, Chris, that offered this kid. Tennessee, obviously, Alabama, Arkansas, Auburn, Florida, Kentucky. LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, South Carolina, Texas A&M. He can't go to any one of those schools, according to this agreement. I got to be honest. I'm cheering for this kid. I wish somebody would tell this kid, you know what, sign with one of those schools. Let's see what happens. Sign with Arkansas. Sign with Texas A&M. Let's see what happens. Well, particularly when they've got guys that specialize legally now. They're they're – Lawyers, uh, go figure. <laughs> I don't want to take shots at lawyers. It, lawyers are until you until you need one. It's easy to make fun of them, but you got the ambulance chasers. They're guys that specialize in representing kids like that. I I don't think that um, I don't think they have much leg to stand on. I think what it is, it's a bad PR move. It's bad recruiting move because it you know it's one thing to have the rule that says, and we used to have it where you 
had to sit out two years if you transferred within the league and one year if you transferred anywhere else. And when the rules are made that much easier and you let guys go out, if you mutually agree or, you know, whatever the case may be, you'd like them to stay, but they prefer to leave. You know, the, the one thing that you have to be careful about as a coach is how it's going to have an effect. It's also important. We used to have this saying, you know, you to you, you go and you, you do a, you don't do right by a player. Good mm-hmm. luck going into that high school again. And uh, I think you have to be mindful of that. Um, I don't know all the parameters and privy to the conversation that the kid and the coach had. Well, not to interrupt um, you, on that point, on that point, not to interrupt, but they've done this now with a couple of kids. There was another, kid, another kid in Alabama that, that he, he was the opposite of this. He committed to Tennessee and he committed to the earlier staff. And I can't remember his name right now, but, he ended up signing with Memphis. Um, but Heupel and them said, oh, no, you don't, it's not really an offer. But they never told him that explicitly. They said, hey, feel free to decommit. No, no, go ahead and pull it. Do, do what you got to do, but don't, don't screw the kid. And they're screwing the kid. And so this is twice now. And I'm going to tell you now, you know this. These high school coaches, they're super competitive. But. The next time the Alabama High School Athletic Association coaches get together, whether it's in Montgomery or Birmingham or Vestavia Hills or Huntsville or Mobile or wherever they get together for their little summer deal and they're sitting around and they're having beers and barbecue and this subject comes up, the subject of Josh Heupel and, and, and the, uh, the the Tennessee staff is going to come up. And when it does, it's going to be a lot of pressure on some coaches to go, you know what, I don't, I don't, I don't want to help them. Well, and, and in fairness, now these situations occur, you know, mostly when you have a transition because it's usually, you know, you don't usually pull an offer unless it's a, you know, new staff comes in. It's one of the, the negative byproducts of, well, you don't really fit what we do. And, and, and that becomes the difficulty. Um, but here, here's what I always say. There are ways to do it. And I know it sounds simple. And people think, oh, that's poly. You just got to be honest. You just got to communicate. You've got to call a kid in, even if it's a kid. In in today's world, it we're talking recruiting, but in today's world, it hadn't even started yet because they haven't really delved into the players on that Tennessee roster that are currently there that may not be real good fits. And the transfer portal is, as we've talked about, is the option for those guys to be able to move on you know, above and beyond just the, the incoming kids. But I think if you handle it right and you do right, make sure that you help the kid find another spot. You're not a fit here. Look, I mean, you want to stay here. Here's the thing. You explain it. Honestly, you don't really fit what we want to do. Of course. And and um, if you'd love to be here, I mean, scholarship, what have you, honor it. I, I think it, you'd be better off somewhere else, um, but that's certainly up to you. Uh, we see that happen an awful lot. Um, I mean, in fact, we see it with kids that you recruit. Ben Davis was a five-star linebacker at Alabama. Mm-hmm. He's on the transfer portal. Why is he in the transfer portal? Because he's not as good as they thought he was, and he's not playing. And so they want to use that scholarship. Let's call it what it is. They want to use that scholarship somewhere else. And maybe it could be Henry Toto or someone else and they can use that, but it's also, he's not playing and maybe get an opportunity to go somewhere else. Well, 
I think you need to be active in trying to get on the phone and help that kid. Now, certainly the phone call from a Nick Saban is going to be different from a Josh Heupel, let's call it. But the bottom line is you can call and say, look, I met with the kid. Kid's a really good kid. I, I think the guy can play. It's just here's why he's not a fit for us. And boom. I think if you're honest, it doesn't mean that the high school coach or the family or someone may not be ticked off, but at least you've been honest and that's on them. But if you don't do things the right way and you are kind of, well, we're going to keep them alive because we might need to go with them. But then if we can find some better, boom. I think you need to do that in recruiting. I think you need to say, look, um, we got one spot available and we're going to take the first guy that comes with us among, you know, and I think that's a little bit part of sales and you, pressure to close the deal and uh but i think look just being honest being upfront is what you need to do and if you're not doing that it it does does hurt you um but we'll see time will tell on on how well he's able to adjust to this but i don't i guess my point is i think it's just starting there and i think there's some other things that are going to come about and so but but just i just do want to say that this is pretty common all around the country when you have new staffs, it's just, <laughs> you know, cause you're going to have, boy, I can't believe you offered that guy. Yeah. And let me, let me make sure I'm being clear here. I don't have any problem with Tennessee electing to move on from a couple of guys that the previous staff signed. That's life, mm-hmm. but you gotta be, like you said, you gotta be upfront and you gotta be quick. You wait, waiting to inform the kid the day before national signing day is wrong. You knew long before that. And instead of doing the, hey, we're going to slow play him and he'll figure it out, which is what a lot of staffs do. They got a kid who committed. They decided they really don't like that kid anymore. But you know what? He plays at a high school that they just don't really want to, they don't want to burn that bridge. And so they say, well, here's what we're going to do. We'll put it in dating terms. We're going to quit responding to his text. You know, when Johnny keeps texting Jenny, hey, what you doing? And Jenny ignores him. And ignores him. What Jenny's hoping is that Johnny will break up with Jenny, and so that Jenny can go. Yeah, yeah. Johnny broke up with me. I can. I, I, I can. I, I'm gonna. You know. We. I'm. I'm single again. Um, in this case, it's they. That the kid. They don't. They don't call the kid anymore. They don't text the kid anymore. And should the kid get it? Should the kid see that? Hey, they're they're pulling away from you, champ. Of course. But for a lot of these kids, this is the very first time they've ever been through this process. They committed. The school took their commitment. They're kids. They're doing all their stuff in high school with their friends. Maybe they're playing high school basketball. Maybe they're they're doing whatever. They're going out on Friday night. They're 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 whatever. They're not thinking about this twenty four seven, and so they they don't realize until it's too late. Oh gosh, I don't that scholarship offer that I thought I had. It's not real anymore. And in Dylan Brooks's case, I don't want to be here. I didn't sign with you guys. You guys didn't sign me. This isn't what I want to do. I want out. They should let him out. And you shouldn't put stipulations on it. That stipulation, you can't play, well, yeah, you can go, but you, you can go to a Big Ten school or a Big 12 school or a, a, an American athletic conference school. You can go to UAB, but you can't, you, you can't go to Alabama. You can't go to Auburn. You can't go to Arkansas. You can't go to Texas A&M, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the schools in the SEC that offer South Carolina, the other schools in the SEC that offered you. That, that to me is, I won't use the word criminal because it's not criminal, but it's immoral. And there's a better, there's, 
college college athletics at this level with a kid who just signed should not be that cutthroat. I think uh, not necessarily in the purview of this, and I don't want to get into it because I tend to go on and on, and this is a topic for an hour at least, um, if not two shows. But the one thing, and I always harp on it, and and this is one an, an, another example of the lack of an overall better way to administrate the sport, uh, and is this pertains to recruiting, but it's one of the problems, the big problems that we have, you know, like in the NFL, there's certain things you can do and you can't do. And, and it's, it's, listen, it's a little easier to get your head around. You've got a players association in the NFL and there's certain things that you're obligated to do. And, you know, it's, it's pretty clear cut. And, um, I, I, we don't have that in college football. And we are living in the age of, you know, and I think it's overdone sometimes. All oh, the poor college kid, he doesn't get anything. And, uh, well, they do get a lot, okay? In my opinion, they get a lot. They get an education. They get, you know, uh, maybe they should get more and maybe we can allocate more for the scholarship. But I think they do get something. Of course. Um, the one thing that I, I think was wrong about what the NCAA did because it was not done with the right intention. When the whole, the NLI, and of course they're going to kick that down the can, name, image, and likeness as far as they can, all that pressure and all that talk about that, that's the only reason why, and I know COVID came in and made it, but that's the only reason why they said, and I'm not talking about the one free year you can come back. That's a that's a good rule. It's a common sense rule. Sure. But the whole anybody can transfer anytime they want. Um, that was here's a way to give them something to distract them from the name, image, and likeness because we don't want to have to pay. And you know, that there when you have situations, and this doesn't really pertain to this player but it pertains to the overall aspect that I've got real concerns about is that we've got the ability for anybody to transfer for any reason. Immediate eligibility is it's all across the board. This guy is, we wait long. It's just, there's no rhyme or reason. It is in, in essence, it seems like, Hey, let a guy go anywhere he wants. Well, of course that makes sense, but there's unintended consequences with that. When you move on and they don't have a place to land, and I'm not talking about the elite player, I'm talking about the majority of the player, the ninety yeah. percent. You got a whole lot of problem. We got a transfer portal. They got a whole whole lot of people in it, and they got no place to go. And so, rules without guardrails, without the ability to do certain things the proper way, is not helping the player. Okay, that the the ability to transfer anytime you want is hurting a large majority of the players. It's just not the players that you're reading about yeah. that the players that you know the most about. It's not good. And that's my concern because I just think that that could, it's, it already gone down a path that I don't know. Oh, I go to division one, double eight. No, you're not. You don't have as many scholarships. They don't have room. They don't have the same either. And a lot of those schools, Chris, on the, Jim, on the, on the, tail end of this pandemic a lot of those schools are not going to use all their scholarships no they can't afford them that's right it's 
Listen, it's going to be a big story this summer. It's a it's the word tragic is the wrong word. It's it's an unfortunate story, but it's happening. There are hundreds of kids, and by the time it's over, probably a thousand kids or more in the transfer portal with no place to go. Yeah, and those those are guys that are not going to get representation. Of, I mean, it can get representation in, in some aspects, but they're not good players. Those the guys that are going to rep, they're going to go after the elite player that wants to, you know, that that's got a pro career. And a lot of these guys think they have a pro career, and as we all know ninety five percent of them are never going to see that. And as a coach with a lot of players, and I am at the age now where I'm seeing their kids growing up and going to college, and mm-hmm. they're successful in different endeavors. You know, I don't think players enough focus enough on taking the advantage to get an education and maybe now with the early admittance and enrolling early, you got a chance to get started on a postgraduate degree and maybe getting a master's in your field, getting context. Cause you know, if you're a, if you're a football player at Ole Miss or Alabama or Tennessee or whatever, that can open the doors to get an internship or something that others can't get because you're going to have that advantage. That is a jump start to your, as the late Chuck Noll would say, your life's work. Because your football career is not your life's work. Okay, I mean, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, think about this. Yeah, he may play till he's 45. He is the Think about that. If he plays till he's 45. Now, he doesn't have to work. I get it. He's made enough money. But think about somebody that, plays into their 40 and 45, they still got they still got a whole lot of life left. They got more life than their football life to do something else. And most of them don't have enough money that's generational money that they, they're going to want to do something else. And uh, how to how to open up a business. Maybe it's they buy three McDonald's, you know, or whatever, but knowing how to do it and not having your money stolen from you that education is valuable. Anyway, that's a uh, that's a really really good point. Fair point. Not going to solve it today, but it's something that I think in college administration we need to look at because we are getting into an age to where it used to be all just college and college. It was not about going to the NFL. It's all about for these players get recruited to go to the next level. Um, it's it's about really having a realistic idea of doing what's best for the players, and you know I do have an issue with a lot of the media that comes out and says, and the players get nothing. Well, tell somebody you, you got, and I don't know, and, and that's none of my business. I don't mean to go that go here, but you know, if you have to put your kid through college um, out there, if you're anybody out there and, and it's a free education and it doesn't cost you room board uh, you you tell me if that's not a a, a a burden off your back out there. I don't mean you. So it's okay. worth some. It's worth an awful lot. If you're paying that money, it, it, it it's worth, you know, it's worth a whole lot. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm sending one to college right now. Got another one leaving for college in August. Had, yeah. had money come out of my account just this morning from the University of Arkansas. So <laughs> I, I know what I know what the value of it is. Um, Carson Wentz headed to the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. To uh to play for his former offensive coordinator Frank Reich, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles traded Wentz to the Colts for a 2021 third round pick and a conditional 2022 second round pick that could turn into a first rounder. 
league sources told ESPN, uh, I guess yesterday, Wentz has to play at least 75% of the Colts right. offensive snaps for the 2022 conditional pick to become a first-round pick. Your thoughts on the deal? Yeah, and we'll see when the contract goes through the league and when you look at the paragraph five, all the details, but that's what I understand. It's a great deal for the Colts. Um, it's one that can go into a higher pick that'll be costly down the road. It is, um, it, it's reuniting with a guy that's had a lot of success uh, coaching him and Frank Wright. Of course, the the Bears said John Filippo, but there was never, and, and I always get this, and, and I did a, a podcast on this yesterday, don't believe the trade rumor stuff because remember when you're getting this well the bears offer this and that uh the bears are not telling the insiders that and the bears are saying the the eagles are telling the insider that to float the price up a little bit because when you put stuff out there in the media it's done for a purpose it's just like an agent saying oh yeah i'll offer my guy 10 million well it's not true uh it's very inaccurate but it floats the idea out there. I don't think the Bears were ever big-time players. I don't know that they ever made any sort of an official offer, um, whether you think they should or shouldn't. Uh, it, it never got to that. I don't know that that was where Carson wanted to uh, to play, and I don't know if they gave permission. So typically how this works is if you're the Bears and you do have an interest, you'd want to talk to the player, and you'd need to get permission because, you know, you, you can't just talk to the player, that you can talk to the player to see where he is. People say, well, it doesn't matter. You can trade. No, no, no. You're not trading for a player that really doesn't want to be with you or doesn't believe in what you're doing. So I don't know if it ever got to that point with the Bears, but it's a really good deal for the Colts. Uh, the Eagles didn't get what they wanted um, because they weren't going to get what they wanted. Remember, you're not trading for the player. You're trading for the player in the contract. So therefore – it's not as valuable as the player. If the if you cut the player's salary in half, whatever it is, he's going to be worth more in a trade, but you're absorbing um, the contract. That's the big issue there. So I think it is a really good move for the Colts. I've seen Carson Wentz be successful. He can be successful. If you can do it, Bill Walsh taught me this a long time ago. If you can do it, you see a player do it, it's your job as a coach to get him to do it. Um, more consistently. Uh, but that comes with putting a better team around them, coaching them better, stability, all those things matter. So I think it's a good move for the Colts. And the, the Eagles are completely rebuilding with Jalen Hurts, who's a good kid. But, boy, that's a big leap of faith that they're going. Th this is essentially dumping a player that they lost faith, faith in and the player lost faith in the organization. And this is a big-time salary dump. The Eagles are starting over with a quarterback that's got a long way to go to develop being a really good player. So uh, we'll see. Yeah, I can – look, I'm not considered to tell you I have some NFL connection. I do know a couple of media people in Chicago who are pretty connected, and Carson Wentz made it very clear to his representation, who I'm sure made it very clear inside the negotiations that he did not want to go to the Bears. So whether that how big of a role that played in it, I don't know. But I, I think I, he wanted to go to the Colts, and and that made the deal a little bit more easy to get done. Well, and and I'll say it again, it it, it 
makes a tremendous difference. If I'm trading, if I'm the Bears, I'm trading for, if I'm interested in the player, he doesn't want to be here. I'm not going to give up picks and take on that salary for a guy that's not sold being here. Oh, I can make him do it. That's not where you want to be. It's not where you want to be. That's not a good situation. So uh, if it indeed got to the point of reaching out and the conversation took place, I'm I'm sure it had a tremendous amount to do uh, with them not doing it. Now, the question is, are they going to go out there, Sam Darnold? Look, I don't know that the Jets are going to – are giving up on Sam Darnold. I don't know where the Bears go. The Bears don't have a quarterback. They're not going to give money to Trubisky, of course. That there, that is a good question, and I know Bears fans. Neil's one of them, and a couple of them they're asking probably don't have the answer where the Bears are going. They're going to need a quarterback. There's no question about that. Um, you don't have a starting caliber quarterback right now, so um, it doesn't mean could they? Is Sam Darnold available? Don't know. Don't know that the Jets have made that decision. I, if I were them, I would take a player and put them around Sam Donner if I were the Jets. So I don't know what the other options are. The whole thing in the Chicago media and the fans are, well, they're going to go get Deshaun Watson. Well, don't know where that's going to be either. So, you know, uh, there's other options out there, but right now it's probably not going to be the ones that's going to send the Bears fans off, you know. No, we could, do, <laughs> we could do quarterback talk for days. It's fascinating, all, all the quarterback potential movement that's out there. I was going to ask you about this. There's starting to be some scuttle out there. This is typical of this time of the year. It's the draft. There's nothing. There, there are no games being played. Um, so the, the the draft is is and the draft is different this year because of the difference with no combines and all of that stuff. A lot of talk, at least I'll I'll, I'll call it talk, and you can tell me whether it's real or not. A lot of talk that Zach Wilson is the guy that's moving up the the draft boards pretty heavily. The Jets have that second pick we just talked about. I think most expect Trevor Trevor Lawrence to go first to the Jags. Jets are sitting there picking second. I think most expect them at least at this point to go quarterback. And there's a lot of Zach Wilson talk. What do you what do you hear in NFL? Well, yeah, it is line season. So keep in mind that no one, no one is gonna tell you what their draft board looks like. So if somebody's saying, and I'll give you an example. You know, in, in some of my work, I have a feel maybe how a team that I'm actually doing consulting work for, whether they like one guy over another. I, there's no way I could mention that in any forum, because if I did, I wouldn't have that relationship. And if somebody tells me, you know what, but, you know, we, we like we like this guy. We like Neil more than Joe. Uh, well, I would never repeat that either, because I know it's a lie. If they're telling me that they're telling me because they want that out there. So there are going to be some people that like they're no, they're 32 different draft boards. So the whole thing about moving up a draft board down to draft board, uh, it's talk. People see draft boards differently. Yeah. There are going to be some people that don't like Trevor Lawrence as much as the others. And it's not about a consensus. The only pick that matters is the number one pick and who they take and number two and who they take. And they're going to see it differently. The styles, the schemes, how they evaluate, a lot of things are different. Still think Trevor's going to go one. I think Zach Wilson is a guy that's a little bit more up, up, up and down the board. Some people like him a little bit more. Some people don't. I don't know. A good friend of mine, June Jones. I don't know if you remember June. June coached in the NFL. And, you know, he came out and 
Um, I mentioned it on my friend Ryan Fowler's show the other day, and I saw where he had June on the show that June came out and said that uh, he thought Trevor Lawrence was the third best quarterback in this draft. Yeah. Uh, I thought that Mac Jones was the best. Well, that's fine. It's a pain. It, oh, but does it mean things? Are, no, it doesn't mean anything. You're going to hear a whole bunch of stuff, and you are gonna, you'd are going to you be shocked at how there are 32 different boards that look out there. I mean, they're com- a lot different than you think. Now, at the very top, It'll look a little bit more similar. You get after after the pay, first ten or twelve, it's all over the place. Somebody that's six on one team's board is twenty six on another team's board, and I don't think people Neil get that a whole lot. I think they think, "Oh, I can't believe you passed over." They passed over. They wouldn't take them in the next round of pick. That's just that is the beauties in the eye of the beholder. But to your point somebody's going to like Zach Wilson. How is he, his career going to end up relative to Trevor Lawrence? I'll tell you what's going to matter is where does he go and how well do they put a team around him? Lawrence, Wilson, Fields, Lance, and Mac Jones will all go in the first round. Bunch of first-round picks. Because two reasons. One, the quarterback's overvalued because you have to have one. And if you're in the quarterback need position, you got to take a chance. If you're the Patriots, you probably need to. I mean, the other thing is, if you're going to consider a quarterback mid to late first round, early second round, let me throw this out. It wouldn't shock me if Kyle Trask, who is a second round value, would get drafted like 30th or something. And I don't mean 30th pick, but 20. Why? Because you get an extra year. On a first-round pick, you get a fifth-year contract. So you get an extra year to evaluate him and make a determination. So if you're going to consider him at 35, you might take him at 25, for example. It doesn't mean that they all have first-round grades. In fact, they will not all have first-round grades. You grade a player according to a standard, but then you – who you take depends an awful lot on what your needs are. And if you don't have a quarterback, you're going to take them and take them and take them. Um, look, there are a lot of people that question Patrick Mahomes and where should he go and all that. Well, you know, a lot of people are sorry they passed him over, you know, and yet you have the guys that, you know, the, the Blake Bortles of the world, who, by the way, just won a Super Bowl, right? Um you know, they don't pan out a uh, Jake locker and, you know, so you have misses, but there's the quarterback position is always going to be overvalued because of the need factor. If you, if you, you don't have one, you're, you're, you're compelled, um, to find one, you know, how, how important it is for your bears to find a quarterback. I mean, it is, it is the all consuming mind, but you have to be careful to not wreck your team in doing that. But you gotta you gotta fix that. Yeah. And, and and Trubisky is another example. Here's a guy that had very little quarterback background, but he had a chance and they took a chance on him. Okay, they missed. But but the need for that forced the pick and it made a mistake. Um the need Boy, it's 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 more than a, you're right. What you said is one hundred percent right. I'm 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 adding this for emphasis. If you take Trask at twenty five and you miss, it hurts. But it's not as devastating as taking a Trask at two and you miss. Yeah, because who you passed over is a lot different. 
Yeah. That, the, the other options are there. I mean, you know, but then, but it, then you it, know, here, here's what happens. We've Go talked about this before is it's, for the Bears, the reason that is such a devastating pick is beyond that you got nothing, frankly, out of the number two pick. It's that, and it's not, I don't even hold the Mahomes thing against them because there were a lot of teams that passed on Patrick Mahomes. So there was something there that you NFL guys were like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know. And so enough NFL people did that where I'm like, okay, well, fair enough. It's passing on Deshaun Watson. They could have had Deshaun Watson with a very conservative pick right there at number two, and they would be a much different franchise today than they are with Trubisky. And I always hate doing this, frankly, because all Mitch Trubisky is guilty of doing is showing up to the team that drafted him. <laughs> I mean, he you know, when, when people vilify Trubisky, it kind of bothers me because he didn't do anything wrong. He got drafted, so he went, and he took his money, and he's done the best he could. But – the people that took, I mean, Pace and 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 all the people that that took Trubisky at two, the fact that they still are employed in that building, it really bothers me. Yeah, well, and and here's the thing, and that's one of where organizations have to be on the same page because if the guys that made that decision don't fix the quarterback position, they won't be employed in another year. So that just increases the chances that they're going to have to do something risky because if they don't fix the quarterback position, they're done. So if they 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 swing and miss, well, they're going to be done, but they're going to be done if they don't fix it. But the swing and miss might set the organization back for the next group. Who's going to have, you know, a few years to fix it, but then again, you know, what hole do you dig yourself in? You got to be smart. You got to always be planning for the future. And when you don't have an organization that's stable, and the Bears are not, from an upper management standpoint, that's been the biggest issue. It hadn't been the same since, you know, uh, great friend Jim thinks was really running it. And, you know, the Bill Tobins and, um, you know, Jim Palmer, who was not Palmer, the pitcher, but Jim Palmer was one of the great scouts, good old buddy, who, by the way, is the grandfather of Jeff Ireland, who's with the, the saints. Um, they just haven't been the same. And, and so look, but the, the, you put a good quarterback situation there and it makes that team really good. And that's why people might say, well, they mortgage the future on this or that they need to fix it. They are look, if you've got a really good quarterback folks in the NFL, you're not guaranteed that you're going to win. But if you are a team that doesn't have a quarterback, everyone, <laughs> you're guaranteed to not win. That's the problem. JM says this podcast makes for a great spin workout. Increase intensity when Chris talks lower when Neil talks. Um, that's funny. What, what's that spin is that? Bike. Right Bike. In, 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 your, uh, in your daughter. Uh, so is that what your daughter does? You said a spin instructor? Yeah, she, she so that what that is? Teaches the bike thing? She teaches spin and she teaches uh, bar and she teaches some sort of a trampoline. Bar? What's bar? It's like, uh, it's B-A-R-R-E. It's some sort of a, I've never done it. It's some sort of like a full body workout with low, uh, low impact with weights. And then she does, uh, and then she does a, some sort of a trampoline. So, so that spin workout is one of those. You just say, come on, Neil, give me more. You're going up a hill. Give me, I need, I need, I need 30 seconds more of this, that, and the other. And, you know, and then, and all right, all right, cool down everybody. And that's, that's what, 
That's what yeah. you do. You got about thirty people in a room, and you hers incorporates a lot of dance. So I would not. I would not. I would probably not. Dance? Like I thought they're on a bike. They are, but they do. They do a lot of. You get a lot of your upper body workout by doing like the like make kind of like dance moves where it looks like. Uh, but it's essentially push-ups on the bike. And anyway, I do. Wow. A, I have a Peloton, so I, I don't. I don't have to go to her. Her spin classes. Um. Your, your buddy Ronald's asking. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what's Dallas going to do with Dak Prescott? <laughs> well, Dak's got the big time leverage. Um, you know, he's going to be with the team this year. He can, um, you know, put the tag on him and and they he can sign it and he can be a free agent next year because doing it a third time is doable, but it's not doable. So technically, you can do it. They won't be able to do it. It's going to be really costly if, because real quick, and, and this is important. This is why, this is how you handle quarterbacks. If you have a young quarterback like Dak, who's off to a good start, a couple of years, you sign him. You sign him because the, the longer you wait, the more it's going to cost. Oh, but what if he's not that good? doesn't matter. You can get out from under the contract. So after a couple of years, if you had signed him, it would be a fraction and if he didn't turn out to be as good, you can move on from him. Now, if he didn't want to sign back then to a new deal after a couple of years, you can say, look, we we want to hitch our wagon with you. If you don't, then we have to look at other quarterback options. So you've got that leverage. Cowboys didn't do any of that. They believed in him but didn't believe him. And he had another year. Good year. And a good year. Now – what the Cowboys have cost, what Jerry and Stephen Jones have cost themselves is about $50 million. I'll let that th sink in. They have lost all leverage because Dak, what is the Cowboys going to do with Dak is, love the question, Ronald, is what is Dak going to do with the Cowboys? Dak can do what he wants. Uh, not sign a deal. Cowboys are not going to let him go. They're going to put the tag on him. If they don't sign a long-term deal and Dak can play and sign a big-time contract with somebody else next year or sign with the Cowboys, Dak's going to do what Dak wants to do and sign the deal that he wants. He's got the hammer. He's got the got their onions in a vice. That's what happens when you don't run an organization very well. Yeah, and they haven't run it very well. I'll tell you who does run an organization very well is Blue Sky. They believe in being fast, fresh, and friendly, thoughtful layout, cleanliness of their stores, a fast, easy buying experience. There's 48 store locations across the southeast. So if you're out braving the weather and braving the roads this weekend, then you see a Blue Sky, you can rest assured that that's going to be a comfortable place for you to stop. It's going to be clean. It's going to be great customer service. You're going to have a lot of uh, fresh flavors and options inside the store. They're going to take good care of you. 48 store locations of Big Sky across the southeast. Uh, also, we're brought to you by Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. It's your trailer-specific professional. Alpha's the premium trailer dealership here in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail. They also have Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market today. It's perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camp, hauling race cars, and much more. Uh, they can even work with third parties to have game day trailers, concession trailers built uh, for you for high school football or, or, or whatnot. So for podcast listeners, Alpha has spare tires and wheels starting at just $100, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories. 
Listeners can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's full service shop. They can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. 601-932-9798 or check them out at alphaofms.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about Alpha on the MPW Digital Network of Podcasts, including SEC football and beyond. Uh, we got SEC basketball this weekend, Chris, after a kind of a, I don't know, a, a sort of a convoluted week where weather, this this week it was weather, not uh, not COVID, that knocked out some games. Uh, they're going to try to make up those games at the end of the regular season. I don't know if they can get all the games in, but they're going to get some games in. The games this weekend, Kentucky goes to Tennessee, games at uh, noon central on CBS. Vanderbilt is at Alabama. The Crimson Tide still vying for a number one seed in the NCAA tournament, running away with the SEC. Oh, that game is at uh, noon as well on the SEC Network. Missouri desperately needing to break out of a losing streak. They go to South Carolina. Must win game probably for the Tigers. That's a 1 p.m. Central Time start on ESPN2. Georgia is at Florida. The Gators very much uh, – in the NCAA tournament picture, probably playing for seeding at this point. That game's a 2.30 start on the SEC Network. Auburn is at LSU. The Tigers, uh, the the Purple and Gold Tigers, red hot these days, probably one of the better teams in the SEC right now. Uh, they get Auburn a 3 o'clock Central game on ESPN there in Baton Rouge. At uh, 5 p.m. on the SEC Network, it is Mississippi State at Ole Miss. The uh, Bulldogs Kind of struggling here of late. Their net is in really dangerous territory. Ole Miss, on the other hand, has won four in a row. They're surging. Their net getting close to that uh, bubble territory. So a, uh, a big game for Ole Miss in Oxford. And then the, uh, the final game, the SEC's hottest team, Arkansas. They've won seven SEC games in a row. The uh, Razorbacks head to College Station to play Texas A&M. That's the nightcap of a, uh, gosh, a, a quadruple header of college basketball on the SEC network. That game's at 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern in College Station. If you're curious about standings in the SEC going into this weekend, pretty much nothing's changed since we talked on Tuesday because of the weather. Alabama now 12-1, and Arkansas 9-4, and LSU's third at 8-4, and Tennessee is fourth at 8-5. and There's a little bit of a logjam here. Florida 6-5 and after losing at Arkansas on Tuesday night. Ole Miss still 7-6. and six. Their game with LSU couldn't be played uh, here in Oxford because of weather. Missouri is now 6-6. Six and six. Kentucky up to 6-7 and seven after a win over uh, Vanderbilt the other night. Georgia 6-8. and eight. Auburn 5-8, and eight, as is Mississippi State. South Carolina's 3-8. and eight. Texas A&M's 2-6. And, and Vanderbilt 2-9. Uh, and nine. Although Vanderbilt playing a little better. They, they won a game last week and then uh, gave Kentucky all Kentucky wanted earlier this week before losing by four uh, in Nashville. Um, before we get out today, some random SEC basketball questions. One, uh, Musselman, had yep. a chance to meet him. He impresses me, but again, I'm you know someone who doesn't watch a lot of full basketball games and get here or there. Talk to me a little bit about him. Um, it, it, it seems like that, with his ability to coach, tell me a little bit about his recruiting and where where because that's a program that going back to the Southwest Conference days, Eddie Sutton days, 
um, really successful. What's the ceiling with him? I, 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 on the outside of the football guy looking at, I'm thinking that thing has a chance to be pretty good, not just this year, but beyond. Yeah. Um, well, he's did a great job at, at Nevada, took, uh-huh. took them to the Sweet 16, maybe even the Elite Eight. Yep. I, I can't remember exactly. Um, he is known for his ability to put a team together, uh, to put teams together, to assemble parts and on that year be very competitive. Um, and in modern college basketball, that's a really good talent to have. He's a good motivator. He's a different kind of guy. Uh, a lot of people like to kind of make fun of him. I mean, like the other day, they they won at Missouri, and he takes his shirt off to go celebrate. With <laughs> That's I, I could have done without seeing that, Eric. But yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a little awkward. Um, <laughs> it's a little awkward, but but he's his players play hard for him. I I, I covered Ole Miss and Arkansas in uh, Fayetteville this year, and Arkansas won the game pretty handily. And at the end, I just was kind of watching the benches, and I was watching the Arkansas bench a lot. It was right across from me, and those kids play hard for him. He's got a talented team. They've got a borderline lottery pick in. Um, um, Moody Moses Moody, um, six five six six guard from from there in Arkansas, who's probably going to leave after this one year at in Fayetteville. Going to go to the NBA. He's talked about his tenth twelfth pick in the draft. That kind of range, the range where you have to go, you you can't risk it and, and stay. Um, so you got a good team. What's the ceiling there? I, I don't I don't know that there is a ceiling. I mean, you know, it's it's. I mean, I it, you know, can they be? You know, to sit there and say, "Hey, uh, when are they going to get back and and do what Nolan Richardson did and take them to to win a national?" I mean, I that program I can remember the the Sidney Moncrief, yeah, um, you know, guys in '78, and, and I mean, I, Arkansas was really, really good for years, and 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 I just think when you think about the SEC basketball, there's only unless I'm drawing a blank here and somebody can correct me and correct outside of Kentucky, only Florida's won a national title. Florida went back to back. Um, I know Ar- there's Arkansas, oh, well, Arkansas. Yeah. I'm sorry. Arkansas did. They were in the SEC. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I still think of Arkansas as, as Southwest. Sure. No, Arkansas, Florida. Um, and, and, and no one else has. LSU's uh, been a couple of Final Fours. South Carolina's been to a Final Four. Mississippi State's been to a you know, Final Four. LSU's been to about three. LSU, you know, um, LSU's had had some nice, really nice seasons. Uh, John Brady took LSU to the Final Four twice. No, he took them once. Dale Brown took them twice, eighty-one okay. and eighty-six, and then John Brady went in that ninety-two-ish or no, when was that? What year was it? Anyway, early. Lost to UCLA. UCLA was in that year. Yeah, so they've been there a few times. And actually, you know, they had – I go back to the Pete Maravich days and, um, you know, the the great tr- – remind me to tell you the story because my good friend was Jay McCreary, who was the coach in real life in the Hoosier story. Oh, really? Yeah, so he the the big school that was upset, um, and they changed the names and the story. But he was the coach in real life at the big school that was upset by the little. Well, they called it Hickory. It was right. well, you know. Anyway, he was like considered. He was Press Maravich's assistant. Good, good, good friend of mine. Uh, we lost Coach David. Anyway, so I, you know, I'm 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 looking at it. Alabama 
some really good teams. I can remember Alabama and Sam Newton, 1976 in Baton Rouge in the Mideast Regionals. If you remember, Indiana is the last team that's gone unbeaten, an unbeaten national champion. That Alabama team had that Bobby Knight team beat. And to quote Denny Green, they let him off the hook. A uh, couple of calls, and all of a sudden, Indiana came back. That Now, I don't know if Alabama would have gone on and won it or whatever, but Alabama, for all the good teams and Wimp Sanderson's, had not never been – uh, oh, uh, you know, else has been to the final four. How could we forget last time? There's the final four, Bruce Pearl, Auburn. Oh yeah. My God. Yeah. I get that. And, 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 and that's, uh, that's a team that might've had a real legitimate chance to win. I guess, um, a couple of things that just jump out at me and, and rock asked a question I, I, which is on my mind, what the hell has happened to Frank Martin? Is it just more of a COVID year? What, I mean, is there a down cycle that guy? I like the way he coaches. I like his style. Is there something? I know he's had sicknesses, illnesses, and all that. Um, I'm curious about him. So I'm curious. I'm curious where we are in the SEC. I know you've said a couple of times, look out, Tennessee could get on a run. I guess I'm just not watching them enough. I just I I don't know. I mean, are they What's there's no consistency there with them? Is, is, are they a legitimate threat in the tournament? I know they anybody can get hot, but probably. I can't buy. No, okay. probably not today. By the way, uh, your friend was the coach at Muncie Central. Yeah, the- okay. I know he's in Muncie. Yeah, they lost the 1954 Indiana State Championship to Milan High School. 30- yeah, Milan. Yeah, Milan High. That's right. That's exactly right. Milan High. 32 to 30. The game was tied at 30, and Bobby Plump hit a 14 footer from the right side as time expired to seal the win. That, that was the the uh, the emphasis for the um, Jimmy yeah, Chip. Yeah, Jimmy Chipwood and the the Hickory. So uh, I actually went watched the movie with him when it first came out. He probably so, picked it apart. Huh? He probably picked the movie apart a little bit. You know, he thought he, he 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 thought they did a pretty good job of it. Yeah, you know, he picked it apart. Like people ask me about how does draft day? I watched draft day and I had to turn. <laughs> it's just such a yeah, good god. Oh, he thought it did a pretty good job. He thought uh, he thought he thought Hackman did a really good job. Um, anyway, we, we, that's a good. We'll get into that. Here's All what. Right. I- about the SEC teams this year in the tournament. That's what I, I want to know. That's what I want to know. Anybody can anybody other than Alabama is really is, is there really anybody that can make a threat? You mentioned LSU playing well. Do they play good yeah. enough defense? Um really? So here's what I think. I think Alabama is the most complete team in the league. I think that's been obvious. They they can beat you in a number of different ways. They have a number of different weapons. They're a, a legitimate threat to go to the final four. After that, I think the other six teams in the league that have a shot to get to the tournament, they all have to have a little help. Tennessee would have to play teams that play their pace. Tennessee's a very good defensive team, and when they're hot offensively, they're dangerous. But when 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 they're they have a tendency to play down a little bit but not to the competition but they have a tendency to to go into offensive slumps and play really close games that could go either way the one that comes to mind is the one here in oxford where they lost to ole miss i want to say it was 52 to 50 because ole miss like tennessee is a very good defensive team 
And on that day, Tennessee couldn't make shots. And next thing you know, they're they're in trouble. And they've played a handful of those games this year. So is Tennessee a, a Final Four threat? No, not really. If you told me another SEC team made the Final Four, I think I would go with Arkansas because they can beat you in they can beat you in different ways. But I don't think Arkansas is a Final Four team. I think Arkansas could be a Sweet Sixteen team. I think LSU with the right draw could be a Sweet Sixteen team because they're so difficult to prepare for. They're so athletic. They're not a great defensive team at all, but they they don't claim to be. They they kind of work their way around that that defense. Um trying to think who else is is out there even uh florida's florida's okay florida uh built a season around a player that's not there uh thank, thank goodness he's okay yeah, yeah. but uh you know that that i think mike white has done a terrific job at florida if you had told mike before the season a hey, keontae uh, is, is going to be out from the, the late november on you're not going to have his services if if he just assumed, oh, it meant he tore up a knee or something, he would tell you we're we're, we're going to struggle, and and they they're going to make the tournament. And if you told me they win a game in the tournament, I buy it. Uh, the the other interesting team because they're hot right now is Ole Miss. Now they they got to win out probably. They they they've got to play really well down the stretch. But Kermit Davis has done a really good job in the second half of the season. Uh, Ole Miss had some COVID issues early. They have a lot of new pieces. They didn't have chemistry early. They've begun to find different ways to score. Uh, they have no margin for error moving forward, but they, they, they've got a chance to play their way into the tournament. And if they get the right draw in a tournament, believe it or not, they could win a game because they're so good defensively. They have some rim protectors. Uh, they're good in transition on defense. So that's, that's the way I look at the league. I mean, but outside of Alabama, it's, it's, there's no great team in the league. There's a couple of teams that, that can be really good, it's hard to completely throw out that Arkansas has won seven SEC games in a row, and the one game they lost on the road was at Oklahoma State not long ago, and that was to Cade Cunningham who at Oklahoma State, who will be the first pick in the draft, um, and he's a terrific player. So that's those are the teams that come to mind as hey, these are these are clubs that could make some noise, and then Kentucky sitting there. I keep waiting for Kentucky to sort of get red hot. It's trying to get them in. Everybody's trying to figure out a way to get them and Duke and right in the tournament. Yeah. Running out of time. Yeah. They're, they're, they're out of time. (laughs) Kentucky would have to win the SEC tournament to, uh, to get to the NCAA tournament. And I don't know that they're good enough or consistent enough to win four games in four days. And that's what they're going to have to do is win four games in four days. Now, what's going to be interesting about the SEC tournament is because of this NCAA tournament rule about COVID testing, where you've got to test negative seven days in a row before you can go to Indianapolis, it's going to be really tempting for an Alabama, a Tennessee, a Florida, an Arkansas, probably an LSU. It'll be really tempting for those teams to go, hey, you know what? It'd be nice to stay here, but it ain't a big deal if we get out of here quick and yeah. get home and, and and get back into our little bubble and get out of the hotels and and all of that. So that could create a, a little different scenario where those teams it ain't that big of a like, you know, I, I think if you told Eric, we started this conversation with Eric Musselman. I think if you told Eric Musselman, hey, you're gonna win one and lose one in Nashville, he'd say, Okay, cool, we're out. Let's go get let's go get well. Let's go get healthy. Let's get off our feet. Let's get away from people. Let's let's not have a COVID issue that affects the NCAA tournament. I'd buy that. 
So there's the opportunity for Kentucky. The other team that I, I failed to mention is Missouri, and they're just in a they're in a they're, they're fun to watch. I saw a half of them play. It's interesting. Yeah, they 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 got popped against Ole Miss, and then um, they lost an overtime game to Arkansas, and now they they don't have Jeremiah Tillman. They lost at Georgia. Lost to Georgia. Uh, I think it was at Georgia. They're they're playing their way into some trouble right now from a bubble standpoint. So they. They they need to finish strong. They're not a Final Four caliber team. There, there's there's maybe three, maybe three teams in the SEC that I I think are legitimate Sweet Sixteen caliber teams, and and that's it. But I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the I hope the whole Elite Eight is SEC teams. That'd be awesome. But I don't see it. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, something. Um... Let's see here. One of our guys talking about Indiana. We're talking about Indiana, nine of the 10 high, largest high school gyms. Something I wanted to bring up for next week. I want Neil's thoughts on it, but I want your thoughts out there. For those of you that have been to a lot of stadiums, don't, don't chime in if you've only been to one and you give that one. But So I've been to a lot of these arenas. I haven't watched a lot of basketball games. What's the best atmosphere in college uh, in the SEC basketball? to watch a basketball game. That's something to sit on, and we'll get into that next week. I want to hear all of your thoughts out there. I want to hear Neil's thoughts on that. What is um, – well, you know, have you been to many of them? I don't know if people travel to go see basketball games. I've been to as all – much, As much as uh, football never, games. But, you know, if you have, I want to hear it. I've never been to a game at Texas A&M. I've been to all the other arenas. Uh, and when they're all full, there are some really fun ones in the league. Some really yeah. – you know the the best if you can only go to one make no mistake if if the basketball gods drop in and we'll we'll tease this for next week but if the basketball gods drop in and go you can go to one arena for a college basketball game you should go to rub it's 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 like you know if someone comes and says hey you can go to one college football venue in the SEC to get a feel for what SEC football is you should say okay i want to go to a night game and it's not even on campus uh, yeah, Rupp, Rupp, Rupp. I mean, it's just, it's it's interesting because it's 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 yeah, it's it's uh, it's not the traditional. Oh yeah, it's not. It's the opposite of Cameron. It's it's a bit. Let's make a big, big. You know, it's too. We're so good that we're part of Lexington. We got to move it off campus and and play it in Rupp Arena, which um, you know we think about it. But people, I don't know how many people on the outside don't realize it's not the on-campus stadium. It's a arena. People it's in the SEC do. When when they're good and it's full, oh yeah, yeah, it's a it's a cool place to go to a game. But there's some other cool places. Um, Chet Rose is right in the thread. He talks about Vanderbilt when full. It's awesome when Vanderbilt when it's full is really loud. The way that gym is sort of set up, oh, set up. And it's yeah. it's uh it gets really loud. Um, the end zone, the uh the the baseline yeah. seating coaches hate it. Um, no, it's interesting. Bud Walton when it's full gets super loud. I was in it last year, I guess, when they were they were uh, recognizing their last national championship team, and they got on a second half run against Ole Miss, and that place got loud. Um, I think the PMAC is is a fun place to go to a game when it's packed and they get a little rowdy and. It gets fun. So it's there's a lot of cool environments. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Also going to break down, got on LandryFootball.com. You can check it out if you're a member. Um, um, in the process of ranking all the college rosters, now that we've got recruiting done, and we pretty much know who's coming back, folks. I know there'll be transfers, but at some point you got to kind of 
put it to bed and then adjust. I'm going to tell you how I've ranked the rosters in the SEC football, of course. Um, and we'll get into that next week. And I'll tell you, like, you know, I've translate the evaluation into five stars and four stars because that's how people like to recognize it. And so I'll be able to tell you kind of how I've got them ranked. Uh, and really, we'll have all the conferences ranked up on Landry Football. But I'll get into that, tell you how many five stars, four stars, how many coming in. We'll get into that next week. So have a great weekend, Neil. Have a great weekend, everybody. Man, thanks to everybody, Rono and Blake and um, Small Time and uh, Rock and Chet and all of you guys uh, for Jeff. Um, Jeff and Jeff. Jeff and Jeffrey, everybody joining us. We appreciate it. Check out LandryFootball.com. Neil, update what you've got going on on the website. Well, we've got uh, we've got some Ole Miss basketball stuff up on the site today. Ole Miss getting ready to play uh, Mississippi State. Talked to Kermit Davis about the lost opportunity because of the weather against LSU and how he thinks that fact makes their what they have to do to get into the tournament. And then, um, as I mentioned, it's a lot of a lot of college baseball interest on my site. So, Ole Miss. And for people who don't know, that site can be found at. Oh, it's rebelgrove.com, part of the Rivals. Part of the Rivals Network. So, until uh, Tuesday, you guys uh, have a great weekend. Stay safe out there, and we will see you Tuesday for another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. Take care. Step into the world of power, loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.